From sprains to fractures, get expert care quickly at the University of Kansas Health System. Walk-in orthopedic care is open weekdays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays, 8 to 2 at I-435 and Null. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. Yeah, the doc told me once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to stay in shape. That's why I started taking Nugenics Total T. It's made a huge difference. I've seen that on TV. Is it for real? For sure. It's the number one doctor-recommended testosterone booster. It boosts free and total testosterone levels to help you get back the drive and energy from your youth. My wife, my boss, my kids, everyone has noticed a change in me. Do they still give out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yes, just send them a text. Guys, text HATCH to 321321 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics is the number one selling testosterone brand at GNC and Walmart. Plus, text now and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever, to help you get back in shape fast, absolutely free. Text H A T C H to 321321. That's HAT to 321321. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Yes, sir. Happy Thursday. Happy episode 433. Happy noontime. Shane and Jack with you for the next couple of hours. You can call us if you want to, 316-669-4996. You can text us, 247-0923. We've been giving away hoops tickets all week, and I will continue that today. And we'll also be giving away some baseball tickets. It's opening day, the home opener anyway, for Wichita State tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And so be listening if you want a chance to win those. So we've got a couple of different ticket giveaways today. The basketball uh, senior day is Sunday with USF, so be listening a little bit later on for that. And the home opener for baseball coming up tomorrow afternoon, so be listening for your chance to win tickets to that. We have uh, we have a couple of different ways, a few different ways for you to enjoy ESPN Wichita 92.3. On your FM dial, of course. ESPNWichita.com if you want to stream the show. Tell your smart speaker to play KKGQ 92.3. Tune in on your phone. Follow us on Twitter. Be our friends on Facebook. We're at our Riverfront Stadium studio. It is March 2nd. It's the 61st day of the year. 304 days left in 2023. And sadly, we are headed for a high of merely... 51 degrees today under overcast skies. All right, so we've got uh, some K-State Senior Day to put a bow on. They played OU last night. You heard that game right here on ESPN Wichita 92.3. We need to talk uh, a couple of different things about the Royals because they made a signing. And J.J. Piccolo was talking about some outfield depth that he would like to have. So that will give us something to keep our eyes on over the next couple of days. There's also been an announcement made to uh, when it comes to the broadcasts on TV and on the radio. I'll tell you about that. And the World Baseball Classic effect on – a handful of the players. I've targeted a few pitchers, but Jack and I will discuss who the WBC helps when it comes to Royals prospects slash uh, big leaguers getting some extra reps in the absence of some of these guys that the Royals are sending to the World Baseball Classic. So we'll talk about that at 1225. Twitter headlines. Jamie Bloom at 125, as usual, on a Thursday. And then I'm old Jack Young, March 2nd. So, again, we got some tickets to give away uh, during the next couple of hours. We got Jamie Bloom at 125 and 
all the other normal fare that you come to expect from the Shane Dennis Show. Twitter question, headlines, and the like. Also have to tell you about uh, some happenings recently in Ames that affected a Wichita area kid. I'll tell you about that here in just a second. But first, Jack Johnson providing us a moment of levity. Go, Jack. A man walks into the gas station and buys a box of condoms. The cashier asks, would you like a bag? He says, no, I'll just turn the lights off. (laughs) Uh March 2nd. It's National Read Across America Day or Dr. Seuss Day, whichever you like. World Teen Mental Wellness Day is today, aiming to normalize conversations and dismantle stigmas around teen mental health issues. National Old Stuff Day, National Hospitalist Day, and it's National Banana Cream Pie Day. Tomorrow... We may be pushing double figures on what day it is on March 3rd. So tune us in for that. March 2nd, 1901, Carnegie Steel Company and Federal Steel Company merge, creating United States Steel Corporation. 1933, King Kong premieres in New York City at Radio City Music Hall, directed by Marion Cooper It starred Faye Ray, Robert Armstrong, and Bruce Cabot, 1933. 1944, ABC broadcasted the Academy Awards ceremonies for the first time. Viewers tuned in to see their favorite movie stars receive their Oscars, including Jack Benny, Jennifer Jones, Paul Lucas, 1983, Sony and Philips introduced the compact disc to the United States for the first time. Birthdays, 1860, Susanna Salter. On April 4th, 1887, the people of Argonia, Kansas, elected Susanna Salter as their mayor. First woman elected as mayor in the United States. 1887. Today's the birthday of Susanna Salter. Desi Arnaz, 1917, Cuban-born American actor, best known for producing I Love Lucy, alongside his wife, Lucille Ball. 1931, Mikhail Gorbachev, politician, instrumental in ending the Cold War. 1990, received the Nobel Peace Prize. Karen Carpenter, 1950, born on the stage, no longer with us, Grammy-winning artist. And John Francis Bongiovi Jr. is 61 today, known better as John Bon Jovi. Formed the band Bon Jovi in 1983. Slippery when wet, New Jersey, these days. John Francis Bongiovi Jr. Happy birthday. So the news came down yesterday afternoon that Iowa State has dismissed Caleb Grill from the team for failing to meet expectations. It was a weirdly worded statement, in my opinion, uh, certainly stopping short of telling you what Caleb Grill did or didn't do. And considering Grill pretty much walked through fire just to play for T.J. Otzelberger, it either had to be the last straw or something fairly significant. But Otzelberger said in a statement, we hold our players to high standards and their expectations. 
that our student athletes are held accountable for. Uh, then Grill himself posted a long message on Twitter thanking his coach and Iowa State and didn't get into detail, but he said in the statement that he said something. Uh, so he said a magic word of some sort or words. And just ahead of the conference tournament, he's no longer a part of the program. Averaging nine and a half points, four rebounds in 25 games. Uh, if you want to check it out on Twitter, at Caleb underscore grill 10. It's a pretty long um, message that he wrote. Uh, but in his statement, had nothing but great things to say about Iowa State. Grateful for the experience to be on the team. Um, he also revealed that, speaking of mental health issues, he had been battling those. Currently, Iowa State stands to be an NCAA tournament team at 18 and 8, 10 and 6 in the league. But whatever they do in the postseason, they'll do it without Caleb Grill, who has been dismissed from the team for, as Iowa State put it, failing to meet expectations. And as he put it, or saying something that was not acceptable. So the Mays product, Caleb Grill, has played his last game at Iowa State. Meanwhile, last night, a game you could hear right here on the channel, K-State revved up the offense in the second half and ran away from Oklahoma 85-69 to on senior day, senior night. Uh, it was a run that really started at the tail end of the first half, and in the, then in the second, K-State couldn't miss. It was a 9-0 run at the end of the first half, broke a 25-25 tie. K-State now 23-7, and 11-6 in the Big 12. We got one more game left against West Virginia. Their win streak is now at four games. Four consecutive victories at home to finish 15-1 and at Bramlage in front of a sold-out crowd of 11,000 last night in Manhattan. They started ice cold, couldn't throw it in the ocean. They were four out of 20 from the field at one point. And actually, dating all the way back to the beginning of the game, they missed 10 of their first 11. But then in the final 328, nine straight points, 34-25 at half, and then outscored OU 14-4 to take a 17-point lead early in the second half, and that was pretty much it. Cats scored 72 points in the final 31 minutes on 70% shooting. So K-State moved to 16-1 and in home games. Technically, they they the one game uh, away from Bramlage. I think it was at um, who did they beat in Kansas City? Nebraska, I think. Anyway, that was counted as a home game. So they're sixteen and one at home. Eighth sellout of the season at Bramlage. Twenty three wins, ties for the second most by a first year head coach. Trailing twenty seven by Bruce Weber uh, ten years ago and tying the 23 wins by Bob Huggins in 06-07. Naquan Tomlin led the way with 19 points. Six players scored at least six, while nine players scored altogether. Desi Sills almost had a triple-double. Uh, triple 15 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Marquise Noel, double-double with 11 points and 10 assists. So, like we talked with... Derek Young yesterday from kstateonline.com, it seems like that K-State hitting its stride at just the right moment or just the right part of the season. We'll see what happens uh, at West Virginia. But, man, all things considered, 
K-State setting itself up for a really good seed in the NCAA tournament. As high as a two seed by some. And if they get a win against West Virginia, that will sew up the number two overall seed for the Big 12 tournament. But really almost guarantee that they could be on the two line in everybody's bracketology. And not just Joe Lenardi or Jerry Palm or, you know, the big boys like that. But some of the stuff they're doing down the stretch is undeniable. And barring injury, you got guys like Tomlin, Cam Carter, Desi Sills. I didn't even mention Keontae Johnson. All those guys playing at a really high level. And they ended up, after missing 10 of their first 11 shots, Last night, ended up 53.3%. And they also had 22 assists on their 32 made baskets. So 24 fast break points, too. They just went crazy in that second half and put away Oklahoma, who falls to 14 and 16 and 4 and 13 in the Big 12. Meanwhile, a little closer to home, Tonight, Wichita State has a tall task as they will play the number one team in all the land, the Houston Cougars, at 27-2. Six o'clock game on ESPN2 tonight. And it surprised me to learn that Houston opened, I think they opened, it's a little different now, Opened as a 17-and-a-half-point favorite, if you're into that stuff. It's down to 16-and-a-half now. The total's 134. The last time they hooked up, Wichita State put up a good fight at home, but eventually fell 70-61. to So the odds makers think that Houston is in for a big night tonight down at the Fertitta Center. Wichita State is 2-8 and all-time against the AP number one team. The Shockers last faced one in 2013 when they beat Gonzaga in the round of 32. And the last regular season game against the number one came at UCLA when Kareem was called Lou Alcindor. In December of 1967, last conference game against the number one opponent was 1963 when they ended two-time defending NCAA champion Cincinnati's 37-game winning streak, 65-64. Dave the Rave Stallworth, 46 points in that game. And the Shockers' last win against Houston in Houston was 1960. So it's been a while since the Shockers have knocked off the Cougars in Houston. And not many people do it, period, because they are 46-3 and at home over the last three seasons. If you've lost track of Houston statistically, I know you haven't lost track of them altogether because they're one of the best teams in the country and number one right this second. But they lead the nation in scoring defense, At just 56 points per field goal percentage defense, 35.8, and scoring margin, 20.2 per game. Now, they had to come from behind back on February 2nd in Wichita, but they did, 70-61, to and they are just a a really well-oiled machine. So the Shockers will have their work cut out for them tonight, although they've been better on the road than at home. They're 6-2 and two on the road in the American, and they've won five straight away from home. Their most recent at Tulane, 83-76. Now, Tulane's a different animal than Houston altogether. Maybe polar opposites when you really get down to it. But Wichita State pretty much playing their best basketball of the season right about now. And they will have to play... A near flawless game, you would think, 
to knock off Houston at their place. But they'll give it a go tonight, 6 o'clock, on ESPN2, Wichita State in Houston on the hardwood. Speaking of Houston, last night the Shocker women were in Houston and did not go well for the Shocker women as they fell last night to the Lady Cougars, Cougar women, whatever. Uh, so they'll be the eight seed, Shocker women will be, in next week's American Conference Championship. They finish up 6-10, and 10, which Utah State did in, in the American, 16-13 and 13 overall. They'll take on Temple. Uh, this will be the second meeting in a little over a week. Shockers clipped them by 12 at Charles Koch Arena in the regular season home finale. It'll be Wichita State's first appearance as the number eight seed. They've been the nine each of the last two seasons. And they will play Monday at 1 o'clock on ESPN Plus at Dickey's Arena. The winner will advance to take on the top seed the South Florida Bulls. So the first game of the tournament will feature Keith Adams and Wichita State. The number eight seed taking on the number nine Temple at 1 o'clock. That game will be followed by UCF and Tulsa. That's the 10 versus the 7 in women's basketball. That's at 4 o'clock, or uh, 3, I should say, or thereabouts. And then number 11, Cincinnati, will take on number 6, Tulane. All that on the first round on Monday, and Wichita State will start it off at 1 o'clock and then the quarterfinals the following day. All right, we are underway. When we come back, we need to talk a little baseball, and one of Jack's favorite yearly occurrences is the World Baseball Classic, and that should be high theater here in a week or so, but because of that, And because of who is participating in the World Baseball Classic, it kind of kicks the door open for plenty of opportunity to get more reps either on the mound or at the plate during spring training for the Royals. There are a couple of guys that I have targeted that might want to take advantage of this opportunity because of the absences of certain players in their same position player group, either hitters or pitchers. Also, the Royals announced that they will make a couple of additions to their broadcast team, pre, post, and radio. We'll tell you about that. And they signed a 32-year-old outfielder for a little depth. They signed him to a minor league contract, I believe, yesterday. So we'll tell you about all that when we come back, because the Royals won again. They beat the Rockies with a five-run ninth inning, 8-6 to six yesterday. But more importantly, the World Baseball Classic effect on some young Royals players. Jack and I will discuss when we return. It's 1222. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and use code SIZZLE at checkout to get $30 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress like the legendary butcher's cut filet mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy 
juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code SIZZLE at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that'll be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, use promo code SIZZLE at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. If you've been injured in an accident and need cash now before your case settles, Oasis Financial can help. Last month, Oasis helped over 3,000 people. Why not you? If you have an attorney, call Oasis Financial today at 877-266-9107. It takes just three minutes to apply. And once you're approved, get $500 to $100,000 of your settlement in as little as 24 hours with no risk to you. That's right. Get $500 to $100,000 within one day. If you lose your case, you don't have to pay Oasis back ever. So call Oasis today to see if you qualify at 877-266-9107. That's 877-266-9107. Better than start today. Get the cash you need with Oasis. Call Oasis today at 877-266-9107. Oasis is currently not providing legal funding in Arkansas, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, North Carolina, North Dakota, or West Virginia. risk getting stranded with a bad battery our professional parts people at o'reilly auto parts will test your battery for free if your battery does need to be replaced we'll help you find the best battery for your vehicle and your budget don't wait until your battery is dead get it tested for free today at your local o'reilly auto parts store oh, 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 O'Reilly. auto parts It's 1225. Hey, Jack. Baseball talk now as the World Baseball Classic is getting closer and closer. And competing for various different countries, uh, the Royals will be very well represented at the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Those leaving camp and performing for various countries include Ronald Bolaños, Max Castillo, Carlos Hernandez, Nicky Lopez, MJ Melendez, Vinny Pasquantino, Salvador Perez, Brady Singer, Bobby Wood Jr., Angel Serpa. With that and that uh, exodus of those players, it only stands to reason that their absence and not being in the lineup, not being on the hill, will, in theory, kick the door open for some other guys. And I thought David Lesky, good friend of the station, did a tremendous job of bringing that to our attention and mentioning some of the players that he thought certainly would benefit from additional uh, at-bats or innings. And... One position group that I've kind of honed in on with Singer and Zerpa and Hernandez and Castillo all leaving is pitching staff. Um, And more specifically, and help me if I've missed this, Jack, but Chris Bubich, has he pitched yet this spring in a real game? He is not yet. Okay. Well, he's kind of at the front of the list for me, uh, along with a guy that, if you've forgotten about him, you're forgiven, uh, because he was a AAA for a good amount of the year, Jackson Coar. He's already pitched. Uh, Bubich hasn't. Uh, by the way, today they will play the Angels at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Um do you know who's pitching? Today it's Mike Myers, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I knew that. Yeah. Um, the lineup is already out, if you're into that. Um, Eddie O's in there in left field. 
Isbell's in center. Seems like with the Waters injury, even with the most recent signing, that center field is Isbell's. And I don't even want to say Isbell's to lose. I think he's going to be the opening day center fielder. But anyway, getting back to um, the position group that could benefit from some extra opportunities and, frankly, uh, might be a put-up-or-shut-up kind of spring training for at least Bubich and Kowar. Even though they're both fairly still young, um, to a lesser degree, Jonathan Heasley, I think we know what Jonathan Heasley is, but I'll keep him on the back burner for now. But Chris Bubich, I feel like, is on his last legs as a viable option at, at the big league level for the Royals. And it could be uh, being a little bit too harsh or maybe a little too much on a quick trigger. But if there's ever a project for this coaching staff to get guys to throw it over the plate, Bubich is the guy. Um, I don't know if it's not trusting his stuff or the previous regime, i.e. Cal Eldred, or what, but if he just throws some strikes, I'd be more than happy to um, then form an opinion on whether he's a useful big league pitcher and starter, I suppose, most specifically when it comes to Bubich. But I don't know that Chris Bubich makes this team. Uh, Heasley and Kowar, for their part, they've already pitched. They haven't done well, but I'll not, you know, say what you want, and I'll argue with you probably either way about how important getting people out in spring training is, but they haven't, really. Uh, Kowar and Heasley, neither one has. Um, but Bubich so often, as Jack would point out, after it happened, Bubich would give up three or four or five in the first and then settle down and kind of grind his way through four or five innings. And the definition of a successful start for Chris Bubich, Jack, seemed to me like if he just gets uh, the bullpen 12 or 15 outs. And that's not a quality start, but for him it kind of was. And, again, this is a, a, a big spring not only for him, but for these uh, pitching coaches, bullpen coach, new pitching coach, um, things like that, getting these guys to throw more strikes. What's their T-shirt that they've got? Uh, Raid the Raid zone. Raid the zone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I need to see it, and I certainly need to see it from Chris Bubich because I'm really concerned about him. Yeah, I think at this point Chris Bubich kind of is on the outside looking in. I mean, you go to the starting rotation of this group, he's not beating out Brady Singer. He's not beating out Jordan Lyles or Zach Granke. Those are three guys that are automatic locks. True. It seems like this offseason there's been a big emphasis on giving Daniel Lynch the innings he needs. I have seen far more stories, far more rumblings out of surprise about Daniel Lynch than I have with Chris Bubich. And in that final spot, you tell me, is it Brad Keller or is it Chris Bubich? Again, I've heard more about Brad Keller coming out of surprise than I have from Chris Bubich. Then you go, all right, well, how about out of the bullpen? Really, what would Chris Bubich's role be? That's kind of where I stand of him in the bullpen. Long. Well, you want to be a long reliever. That's Ryan Yarbrough's job. Do you want two long relievers? Uh, I think the other long relievers. You know, I don't know, man. How how much do you really trust this uh, starting rotation? You might need two long relievers. I hate to say it. That's fair, but if I were to ask you right now, Shane, of a long reliever, you already have Ryan Yarbrough as your lefty. Would you not want to give the other spot to Carlos Hernandez? Yeah, I would. And, and that's why I'm worried about Bubic, period. Yeah. And uh, it seems like his big league career is hanging in the balance right now. It is. And he's still, I mean, I think he's under the age of 25, so you could put him down in AAA to start the year. You always need pitching depth but I think this year at least to start it you you sign too many guys to the bullpen and rotation to kind of just give Chris Bubich one of those spots as a default to give him those innings you know to say hey you know we don't have a fourth or fifth guy here you go Chris Bubich I mean I think he'll be one of the first guys called up if there's an injury or a guy really struggles 
But I don't think it makes any sense to keep Chris Bubich in your bullpen when his role would be a long reliever. Like, save that for the guy that's really the journeyman, like a Ryan Yarbrough. Or save it for the guy like Carlos Hernandez who you're trying to build up to maybe be a starter. I still think, though, Carlos Hernandez might have a similar path in the way that Kelvin Herrera was kind of treated. Not turning out to be Kelvin Herrera, but when Kelvin Herrera first started out in the Royal System, he was a starter. He threw really hard. He was all right, but he wasn't that successful. I think they've stuck with Carlos Hernandez longer as a starter than they ever did with Kelvin Herrera, but I still think he's a back-end bullpen type of guy if he figures it all out. There's no back-end type of stuff for Chris Bubich. There's no starter type of stuff for Chris Bubich. Hell, there's not middle middle relief type of stuff for Chris Bubich. He does have to be a starter somewhere, and I think that somewhere is going to be down in AAA Omaha. And I think Hernandez he's, looked good yesterday, by the way. He did. He had four strikeouts over two innings. Uh, got a lot of swing and miss, which was a big yep. problem for him last year, along with not having great command. I think at this point, though, Shane, there's just not much of a, a true ceiling to break through for Chris Bubich. I think even the max potential of Chris Bubich is a kind of a swingman. You know, a guy you could start yeah. if there's an yeah. injury. There's just there's not enough for me there where I say that is going to be a guy in the rotation the next time the Royals are in the postseason. There's just no way in hell Chris Bubich can be that guy because that changeup's not good enough. That fastball certainly isn't good enough. I think the best we've seen from Chris Bubich is the best we're really ever going to get. I know that's saying a lot about a I guy agree. that's 24, 25 years old. I, I, there's just too much inconsistency there. You've seen him have good stretches where he's giving you six or seven innings of two-run ball. He doesn't strike out enough guys. His command's not good enough for throwing that soft. I'm okay if the Royals decide at this point, you know, he's just not going to be one of those guys. Same thing with Jackson Coar. Like, I think at times the Royals hang on to guys too long, say, hey, you know, they're young. They're young. you got to give them time. Chris Bubich and Brady Singer have been in this rotation since 2020. You know, they've had a couple of years now. And you know what has uh, – the, the ship that sailed when it comes to the Royals, I think, it's no longer your God-given right to uh, get starts for the Royals just because you suck. I think those days are over, and that, that includes Chris Bubich and, to a degree, Jackson Coar. But Bubich for sure because he's got a lot more skins on the wall at the big league level than Jackson Coar. Uh, but I think that, like I said, I think that ship sailed. You know, too, it's also the argument being made of, well, they're young. Listen, we go back to 2018. When Dayton Moore and company were making those draft picks, why did they go the college route? So they wouldn't have to take as long in the minor leagues. And though mm-hmm. their ceiling may not have been as high, you know when they got to the big leagues, they're not bust. They're not going to be terrible. They are just serviceable guys in the rotation. Of the guys you picked, I'd say the only serviceable guy you've gotten has been Brady Singer. I mean, I'd love yeah. to say it's Daniel oh, yeah. Lynch. Daniel Lynch hasn't shown enough to be serviceable. Like, I think when Brady Singer takes the bump, I can have confidence in going, all right, he's probably going to have at least an okay start. At worst, he's probably giving you, you know, five innings. Brady Singer. Brady Singer. Singer. Daniel Lynch, I I don't know what I'm getting. I could show up to the ballpark on a Saturday night. He's facing. I know what I'm getting more from him than I do Bubich. Can you agree with me on that or no? Man, there are nights, though, that Daniel Lynch is really off. Uh, I know that Chris Bubich has... Yeah, but his ceiling is way higher than Bubich's if we're going to split hairs like this. I'll give you that. Daniel Lynch's ceiling is astronomically higher than Chris Bubich's. I think where Chris Bubich gets knocked around more is that he has those starts where he goes an inning or two and he gives up seven or eight. Daniel Lynch isn't doing that. Daniel Lynch can at least give you three or four. He just has his pitch count rise all the time. But of the 2018 draft class... I mean, hell, if I had to go trustworthiness, I hate to say this, Shane, but I'd go Brady Singer, dare I say John Heasley. Like, I oh, think I, no. I, really? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I think of, from what we've seen, the big league level, I think I have seen, okay, maybe I'll go Daniel Lynch above John Heasley just by a hair, but I think Daniel Lynch has really not shown the consistency where you can trust what he's going to give no, you every single no, time out. He I'm not but, saying the ceiling here. I'm saying well, the trustworthiness. But if somebody quote-unquote, figures it out. And we'll get to your thoughts here in a second. I want to get your thoughts on position players and who you think uh, has a big opportunity in this spring when the WC rolls around. But if somebody gets it, if something clicks for somebody, who's going to be best off among Heasley, Bubich, and Lynch? I think unquestionably, if the light clicks on for one of those three guys, the guy that will zoom into outer space is Daniel Lynch, and I don't think it's close. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I still think the highest ceiling of any of those starters is Daniel Lynch. Okay, good. Pro- problem is, that, yeah, that was that was never the argument. I'm thinking of what you saw last year. I think what gave John Heasley the edge for me a little bit is he threw strikes. There were times that he walked a lot of guys, but more more than enough times, I think to me, John Heasley was a little bit more trustworthy. You know, Daniel Lynch could be on, I think, more than any other guy in the rotation with the exception of Brady Singer. But he also had times where he ran into a lot of trouble with walking guys, walking the first two, getting hit hard. And when he was on, you know, he still only made it to about the fifth inning. I mean, did Daniel Lynch ever make it past the sixth last year? I'd have to go back and look at his game log. But I think to me, what frustrates me so much, and I think comes down to this, you know, what we're going to see when Brady Singer goes off to the WBC, you know, Angel Serpa is going to go to the WBC as well. You'll lose some guys there. You need somebody to step up because these are not high school arms. If they were 20 and 21 and struggled the way they did last year, I'm going, all right, I can pump the brakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. I cannot be as critical because they got time. But we've seen in Cleveland, we've seen in Minnesota, we've seen in Chicago, 22, 23-year-olds that thrive immediately. Like, you can't be 24, 25, 26, have two or three years of major league experience and still get the excuse of, well, they're still figuring it out. You know, I, I think one of the things that frustrated me so much was Cal Eldred last year that I think it was Rex Heldred, Ryan Lefevre on the West Coast trip said they talked with Cal Eldred on the bus ride over to the stadium and he said something along the lines of, well, it takes about, you know, 800 or 900 innings for a guys to really get comfortable at the big league level. And you're going, yeah. how the hell could it take that? That's eight or nine seasons for some guys. That That's six or yeah, seven that, for a really good That was arm. an asinine statement. By the way, his game log, Daniel Lynch, five, five, this is innings now here. Yep. Five, five, six, five, three and two thirds, five and a third, three and two thirds, five and a third, four, five and two thirds, five and a third, five. So pretty much five. Five. He went, yes. He went exactly six, uh, only about four or five times, and never more than six. So your your argument kind of holds water. Hey, you want to carry this over? Let's do it. I want to get your thoughts on position players that really will benefit from this WBC effect uh, when we come back. It's 1240. Uh, the Royals talk continues when we return. We're also going to uh, reveal who the former players will be appearing in the booth, pre, post, and the radio booth. That was announced by the Royals. And the signing of an aging but uh, pretty darn good defensive outfielder by the Royals. Get Jack's thoughts on that as well. When we come back, it's 1241. Continue the Royals talk here on the Shane Dennis Show. You're listening to the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. The NFL Draft is coming to Union Station in Kansas City, and ESPN Wichita will have you covered. Tune in to hear every selection from the first overall pick to Mr. Irrelevant right here on ESPN Wichita. And as our local selection cards are turned in, we'll bring you instant reactions with press conferences and analysis. It's all right here on your official home for the NFL Draft, Wichita's 100,000-watt sports powerhouse, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. When flying insects show up in your home, how do you get rid of them? Hopelessly clapping every single one? Aimlessly swatting back and forth? Hanging fly strips in your living room? Ew, ew, ew. Instead, try Zevo Traps. Zevo uses light, not odor or chemical insecticides, to attract and trap bugs, working continuously so you don't have to. Zevo, people friendly. Bug deadly. Now at a store near you. What you don't know about your home can cost you. Access to in-depth data is gold when buying or selling your home. With Ownerly.com, you get the information the pros use. Real estate investors and agents would rather keep this to themselves. Unlike other real estate websites, Ownerly.com delivers much more detailed information about a property. Knowledge is power. Need a home valuation? Get up to three with Ownerly.com. Go for the gold. Visit Ownerly.com. That's O-W-N-E-R-L-Y.com. Ownerly.com. Paid for by Ownerly. 
This is important news. If you have unfiled tax returns, the IRS is shifting gears and ramping up investigations on non-filers this year. If you fail to file your tax returns for a year or more or you owe back taxes, now's the time to call Optima Tax Relief before the IRS finds you. Optima is America's number one most trusted tax resolution firm specialized in helping individuals, families, and businesses get right with the IRS. They're experts in the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, a powerful new program that can make resolving tax issues easier. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, Optima's award-winning team has helped thousands of people protect their paychecks, bank accounts, homes, and businesses by putting their tax problems to rest, resolving over $1 billion in tax debts for their clients. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-743-9288. 800-743-9288. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. All right, it's uh, 1244. Uh, a little Royals talk now, uh, continuing anyway. I uh, voiced my concern slash um, one last big chance for Chris Bubich what with at least four pitchers for Kansas City going elsewhere during the WBC to play for different countries. Um, But I want to get Jack's opinion on the position player or players that he thinks uh, this is a big spring for and can maybe take advantage of extra opportunities at the plate or maybe in the field as well. There are plenty of, of candidates uh, Jack, who you have your eye on position player-wise this spring training who might be able to bump themselves up a little bit in the eyes of the organization with the WBC guys being gone? You know, I, I think the no-brainer here is Michael Garcia. Uh, we've now heard from both J.J. Piccolo and Matt Quattraro that Michael Garcia is a guy they want in the lineup, right? He was a shortstop, and you thought, hey, maybe he can battle it out for Bobby Witt Jr. to see if Bobby Witt Jr. would maybe move over to third base. Then we all found out Bobby Witt Jr. is the shortstop of this team. It was Matt Quattraro saying, well, we're going to get some reps for Michael Garcia at third base. Then we hear earlier in the week, J.J. Bacola wants to get him work in the outfield. And now since yesterday, Michael Garcia has been getting some reps in center field. So it's very clear to me that J.J. Bacola, Matt Quattraro, this coaching staff, they want Michael, Michael Garcia on the opening day roster. They, they're yeah. finding a spot for him to play in. And that's important because it also shows how high they are on a guy that per multiple people out there from fan graphs, I believe MLB Pipeline as well. They have him as the true number one prospect for the Kansas City Royals, not Gavin Cross. You know, MLB.com mm-hmm. just came out the Royals' top 30. He's number three. Gavin Cross is one. Ben Kuderna is number two. But to me, it's Michael Garcia. Nicky Lopez is going to go play for Team Italy. Bobby Wood Jr. is going to go play for Team U.S. Those are two spots that he's going to get a lot of reps at. And then you think about this. MJ Melendez is going to go play for Puerto Rico. There's another outfield spot that's going to open up mm-hmm. here. So he's going to be able to bounce around a lot. I know MJ Melendez wasn't going to play center field. But maybe you can move Kyle Isbell around a little bit to get Michael Garcia some reps in center field. By far and away, Shane, Michael Garcia is the guy. If I had to give a number two option, this is going to be an unpopular take just because nobody's going to know who it is. Jose Brasino, uh, he's one of the backup catchers the Royals signed mm-hmm. in the offseason. Yeah. The Royals need a backup catcher. I'm sorry to say it. They're not going to roll with Salvador Perez and MJ Melendez as their 1-2 all season long. Because here's the thing. That means they are playing every single day. Somebody is. Because if Salvi's not going to catch, it's MJ Melendez. And you get Salvi off his feet a little bit, but then maybe I'm you have to... I'm surprised you think this... I just think they're going to need more time off for some guys. They're going to need time to get MJ Melendez off his feet. So you're telling me every time Salvi's in the lineup, MJ's got to move from left field to catcher. That means he's going to play every single day. He could DH as well, and maybe you want to move with somebody in the outfield. But I just think when you have a catcher, when there's going to be injuries, when you got to get guys off their feet, it wouldn't shock me. Like they did last year, they rolled with three catchers just to get that extra rest for a guy like Salvador Perez, who I think you want to see a lot of those at-bats coming at DH. I know Fran Mel Reyes is likely going to be your DH. But there's just nobody else on the bench that I think you have to that has to be a must breaking into camp. I think Nicky Lopez will break the team off the bench. I think a guy like Michael Garcia 
Garcia could, unless Michael Garcia is in the opening day lineup as a starter, then maybe Jackie Bradley Jr. Like, other than that, there's nobody I am dying to get there on the bench. I think you can afford to have an extra catcher on the roster, even if he only plays once every two weeks. It's just some extra reserve there, where maybe if you had a late-game situation, a defensive replacement, you're not having to pull MJ Melendez from the outfield to put him at catcher. You can just slide in Jose Brasino at the catcher position. So I think he's a guy with Salvi and MJ going to go play in the WBC. He can take a lot of those reps at the catcher position. I'm surprised you didn't say Michael Massey. And the reason why I'm surprised, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you think he's already sewn up the second baseman starting spot so it's not that big of a deal for him? What What do you think about Michael Massey? I do think Michael Massey right now has the inside track to be the opening day second baseman. Um, just because we've seen him in the lineup a lot of late. And I think, you know, if I ever was to read something in spring training, it's usually the guys that are playing right off the bat. You can see them in that quote-unquote opening day lineup. You know when you have Salvi hitting third, Vinny hitting fourth, they have Bobby Witt leading off or MJ leading off. You want to see where maybe they have some of those guys slide into the lineup. And it's been Michael Massey playing a lot of second base, not so much Nicky Lopez. I really just think, though, with Michael Massey, that there's no benefit to me and I know I'm a guy that I think you want to play a lot of the younger guys, there's no benefit to starting Michael Massey on the bench or in Omaha. There's just virtually no benefit there because he was your second baseman to close the year. It was Nicky Lopez bouncing around a little bit, having to play some third, having to play some short. And I'll be damned, Shane, if they put Michael Massey in AAA and Michael Garcia in AAA and put Dozier at third and Nicky Lopez at second base. Like That makes no sense uh, to me whatsoever. No, nah, that's a Dayton move, and he's gone. Yes. Have some faith, Jack. I, I want to have some faith. We need to turn the page. But yep. I, there's going to be some scar tissue there where you just see them make the move where you're trying to just put veterans out there for April or May. When you're just you know wondering yourself, okay, actually, that's probably more a Matheny move than a than that a is true move. as well. That, yeah, that is, he owns I a think, lineup card. Lineup card's mine. And, and here's the thing too, <laughs> Shane. It's not so much of just playing the younger guys. Offensively, Michael Massey and Michael Garcia are better options than the two I just mentioned. You know, maybe not defensively with Nicky Lopez, him being one of your better defenders. Here's the thing though. That means it's perfect for Nicky Lopez to be a little bit of your super utility guy on the infield. He can play second, short, or third base. You know, if you're teaching Michael Garcia to play the outfield, maybe you teach Nicky Lopez to play a corner outfield spot. I don't really know. Oh, my God. You can be flexible. Not saying they would do that because he's so valuable no, on no. the infield. But at the end of the day, like, the Royals have this option of starting Michael Massey, starting Michael Garcia, or starting Nicky Lopez. Of the guys, I think, that are ready to take that spot, it's got to be Michael Massey. Michael Massey was on this team going back to, what, July? It's not like he was a September call-up and he played really well and then he's going to be thrown into the fire. He's played second base a lot. He has now been the Royals' second baseman for the back half of the season. I think it's okay to give him that nod on opening day because he's also no baby out there. He's not a 20- or 21-year-old. He's another college guy. He was successful in AAA. He was successful in AA. And I thought he fared just nicely up in the big leagues last year, handled second base all right as well. Like, he needs to be your guy moving forward. I don't think you need to go through this project of starting Nicky Lopez at second until about May or June and then calling Michael Massey back up. I think Michael Massey had earned that spot from last year. Uh, At the very least, yes. One guy that I think, uh, position player-wise, will make the team but will kind of get the Kyle Isbell treatment from a year or so ago, and that's Nate Eaton. I think he's too good not to have on the team and versatile, but consistent at bats, I don't know how he's going to get them. This is a catch-22 thing about a young kid, Jack, making the team and not being an everyday player. I I fear that he might have that – that little back and forth with Omaha thing going, uh, maybe Nate Eaton is that guy this spring. You know, it wouldn't shock me one bit, and I think what the Royals are going to have to decide with their roster crunch is how they value Nate Eaton. I know in my opening day projection, I had Nate Eaton as the third baseman. I haven't seen Nate Eaton play third base in the spring so far, unless I'm missing some late-game defensive replacement where he had to move over from somewhere to play third base. I've seen him at second base, but what the Royals are going to have to decide here is how they value him. So what I mean by that is when you look at a guy like Michael Garcia, to me... I think the Royals view Michael Garcia as a starter. Like, it doesn't make much sense for him to break camp with the team and then ride the bench. Like, there's virtually no benefit of a guy like Michael Garcia riding the bench behind a Hunter Dozier or Nicky Lopez or Michael Massey, for that matter. Nate, Nate Eaton's playing third base today, bro. Oh, so he is playing third base today. Yep, so how about that? <laughs> As yep. I say that, he is actually in the lineup at third base. But Nate Eaton, to me, 
he kind of fits that role as a guy that can play off the bench. You know, he can play right field, center field, left field, third base, second base. That's valuable to their team right out of camp. Now, if that means that Nadine is never really a for-sure starter for this team, I think you also have to understand the expectations that were set for Nadine. He was a, what, 25th, 26th round pick out of VMI. He was a late bloomer. He's about 25, 26 years old. If he's the future for your third base spot, I guess I'm kind of worried about the depth in the minor leagues for third base or for a corner outfield spot. I know Caden Wallace is a guy they value Wallace highly. Is coming. Yeah, yeah, he's coming. He should be here in a year or two. Maybe he breaks camp with the team at some point this year because he was a very talented college bat out of Arkansas. But Nate Eaton, to me, it would not shock me one bit, as you pointed out, Shane, of him kind of getting the, the Omaha treatment, you know, bouncing on the I-29. Is it I-29? Yeah, I'm bad I-29. I-29. Back and forth yep. between AAA Omaha. It wouldn't shock me one bit because he's a guy that I don't think, now that I've seen how this roster's shaking out a little bit, I'm going to go back on my prediction and say he's not going to be the third baseman. It'll either be Dozier or Nicky Lopez or Michael Garcia. Before, I think it would be Nate Eaton. But I do think he'll be that guy, kind of like Kyle Isbell, where he's on the team early on in April. He plays every other day. The good thing for him, though, unlike Kyle Isbell, he can play anywhere. You know, he can yeah. probably find some spots spots in the lineup and slide in there, which is valuable to your team. He's also a great base runner. He's got an above-average arm, and he's a really good defender. That's valuable to your team. I just don't know if that means he's a guy that's going to stick there all season long because there's going to need to be a lot of at-bats for a lot of guys on this roster. And he's going to be a guy that a week will pass – and you and I are going to go, did they send Eaton down, or is he still on the team? Yep. And we're going to have to rifle through the, the the roster and be like, oh, no, no, I guess he's still up. Or, yeah, they sent him down three days ago. I missed the transaction. Uh, you know how many guys caught a game for Kansas City last year? By my count, five. So it would be Salvi, five, MJ, five Cam dudes. Gallagher, Sebastian Rivero, and Freddie Fermin? That's right. Yeah. So to your point about carrying a third catcher, maybe you're on to something. Uh, I was hoping you wouldn't be, but you might be. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, that that was uh, a situation with not only – maybe Isbell was the wrong example because Olivares, Olivares guy, got it worse. Got, got the Omaha treatment. Yeah, he wrote the book on that. But hopefully we're past that. And we're also – look, we got another month. It's a long spring, and a lot of things can happen. And before you start getting headaches, trying to figure out uh, roster crunches and who's going to make the team and what happens if uh, Fran Mil Reyes makes the team, and who we got a long, long way to go. That's that's for sure. But this WBC will open the door, uh, whether you plan it that way or not, for a lot of guys to get some more ABs. Nick Prado is starting today at first base. You can put him in this mix, too, in addition to Nate Eaton, Michael Massey, and some of these other position player guys. And, then of course, the the pitchers, uh, we mentioned Bubich, Heasley, um, Daniel Lynch, Coar, uh, not so much Lynch. I'm more bullish on Lynch than, than Jack is a little bit, but I understand the, the hesitation a little bit. So, and... Again, the other thing that we need to keep harping on when it comes to the pitchers is this is a new regime. Uh, this is These are new voices. These are new um, sets of data. Brand new, I, I bet, in many, many cases uh, compared to last year's coaching staff. So, And I brought this up before, too. When can we see results? I don't know. We, I mean, it might not be until the regular season, or maybe we're seeing the results, and we just don't know it. And the the coaching staff is tight lipped about what what steps and what uh, improvements these guys are actually making. And so, in the meantime, we kind of just have to lean on and trust in uh, JJ Piccolo and further down the trough, uh, Matt Quattraro and his coaching staff uh, to let them kind of do their thing, and work their magic. All right, we're right on top of the hour. The can't equip case out each red zone hour. Oh, Twitter question has to do with my uh, my radiation mask. I still have it. And today is the one-month anniversary of my last radiation treatment. So go to Twitter and tell me what I should do with my radiation mask. I still have it. What should I do with it? Uh, also, we have uh, WSU 
and USF hoops tickets for Sunday. If you want to go and you can hook up over the next uh, handful of hours, because we need to get these tickets to you, they're, they're physical tickets, be caller number four and we'll work with you. If you want to go Sunday to Wichita State USF Senior Day, it's a game at 1 o'clock. i got a pair of tickets. Be caller number three. Call Jack, 316-669-4996. We'll hook you up with these uh, men's basketball tickets for the regular season finale and senior day at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Caller three, 316-669-4996. Also, in the second hour, we'll be giving away some baseball tickets as the WSU Shocker home opener is tomorrow afternoon. So be listening next hour for that. Good luck, and hour number two, straight ahead. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.